Good morning. I'm Anna Marie. It's time again for Focus. This morning, our guest is Rob Cracker, the district manager and a certified arborist with the Davy Tree Expert Company. Welcome, Rob. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Well, if you've lived in Nashville or been around Nashville anytime in the past few months, you've seen trees down everywhere. So, Rob, as a certified arborist, uh, could we kind of start there? Is there something we could have done to prevent all these trees from going down during the recent storms and tornadoes and high winds and things like that? Unfortunately, some of these tornadoes and ice storms and, and such are so detrimental that you can't necessarily prune a tree well enough to where you can stop them from a tornado. Yeah. Or, you know, a half an inch of ice. But what you can do is you can definitely look at trees and make sure that you're taking out the hazardous ones. And then also, you know, general tree inspections and pruning uh, can help remedy some of those future storms. But you can never truly plan for a tornado or, you know, those ice storms that we've been getting in the past. Yeah. But there are certain things that we can do to keep our trees as healthy as possible. And like you said, take out trees or the limbs or whatever that are most at risk of causing damage if they fall. You always want to be aware of how your trees are doing Mm -hmm. uh, health-wise, structure-wise. What are we looking Uh, for? You're starting at the base of of the tree and you're actually working your way up. You got to think of a tree as like a house, right? So like trees have like a basement, right? Which are your root systems. And then you, you know, you have your structure, which is your trunk. And then you have your, your canopy, which is your basically the lifeblood of the tree. All right. Keeping all that in mind and structure wise, you just want to be aware of what's going on with those things. Okay, so I've got a tree that looks pretty good. I can't, like, I've got one tree in my front yard, for example. It's the kind of tree that has the roots that come up through the ground. Some mm-hmm. sort of a maple tree, I think. And then up the tree a little ways, there are a couple of places where you can tell there were limbs, but now they're kind of, like, becoming holes. Lots of woodpeckers like to get around there. What is that telling me about my basement and, what did you call it, the trunk? The trunk is your structure. Is the, the structure. The, 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 the trunk is, you know, what's holding uh, the canopy up. Oh, right? oh, so what might that be telling me? The the trunk of a tree is basically what connects the root system and the canopy, right? And so, like we had talked about, the you know, as the root system being the basement, um, that's your storage of all that energy that the canopy is producing, okay. right? And then what connects those two are, your, are the trunk of the tree. Right. So how healthy those are is how well the tree is doing. Um, If you start seeing dieback in the canopy, if you start seeing the leaves falling or not as many leaves, or you start seeing larger dead limbs Mm -hmm. in in the canopy, the obvious signs, definitely a, a red flag. There are several tree companies in Nashville that will come out for free and have you a certified arborist to keep an eye on those trees. Annually is not a bad idea. Why is it important to have a certified arborist take a look at the trees? Certified arborists have certain guidelines that they have to follow in order to maintain their certification. And annually, they have to do so many CEUs, which is like a credit a platform that basically you have to have so many CEUs per year to be able to keep your certification. You got to think the green industry is like the medical in- industry. Medicine's always changing. 
so is our green spaces. Yeah. Green spaces are always changing, especially here in Nashville with all the building and all the, con, you know, construction and temperature differences. And, you know, we're getting more snow earlier than normal. We're getting more tornadoes that we used to not. Yeah. Um, and so our green spaces are having to deal with that. So what are we having to do to have our green spaces stay healthy with the changes that we're seeing? We have to grow with them. So if, if we keep an eye on them and we uh, are proactive, you know, instead of reactive, if we go out on that Saturday afternoon when it's beautiful out, take a look at the trees. Take, take a look at see if anything has changed. You know, when you get into a car and, and you hear a weird noise, you're like, ah, oh, something's not right. You do the same exact thing with the trees in your yard. The thing with trees in your yard is trees are time. Right. So if you take care of your trees, it's a lot harder to replace a tree if you've, let's say, you know, given 15 years of your life to that tree. Right. Right. A car or a house can be fixed. Right. Mm-hmm. The a tree cannot. So we basically if something happens to a tree, we have to start over. Right. Oh, trees are on a different level than us. So it's definitely worth making that look around and doing the preventive work. Hundred percent, and then make sure that you're getting somebody out there that truly is there for the trees and not there just to make a make a dollar. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, ultimately, most certified arborists are are there to take care of a canopy within Nashville. Mm-hmm. Are there certain arborists who are trained in certain? parts of the state or certain trees or can any certified arborist deal with whatever situation you have? The ISA is the International Society of Arboriculture and they basically are how you get your certification. So most, you know, when you become a certified arborist, you are throughout the state. Okay. Now, when they're getting their accreditations and credits annually, uh, they, they actually will get that per state. And normally that's like if I go to a state-held class for credit, they'll talk to me about trees in Tennessee. Which makes sense because the trees in Tennessee are different from the trees Very in different. Alaska or something. The, the interesting thing about trees in Tennessee is we're in the middle, the middle of the state. So we have a warm climate, but we're not that warm that we still get snow. So we actually have northern trees and we have southern trees combined. What are some of the northern trees we have and some of the southern trees? Well, you know, we can we can actually have spruce trees, which really are supposed to be colder climate trees. Okay. And then at the same time, we also have crepe myrtles, which are a very warm climate tree. So I that's why, like, when we get these really bad ice storms, Crepe myrtles do not do very well. They kind of show a lot of signs of frost damage. Yeah. Um, They actually do like a warmer climate. But here in Tennessee, we can actually grow both. What are some of the best trees? How do we find out what the best trees are to grow if we're looking to plant in our homes and in our yards? You always want to plant native trees. Our state tree is the tulip poplar, which is a great tree. And what does that look like? Which one is that? The leaf actually looks like a tulip. So the, they have these little yellow blooms that mm-hmm. normally most people can't see because they're so tall. But uh, the, the, the leaf looks like a tulip. Okay. So tulip poplar is the state tree. Yep. That would be a good one. Oh, yeah. Yellow woods are great. Dogwoods are great. Scarlet oaks are great. There's swamp white oaks that are, are great. Uh, the city of Nashville plants a large variety of different types of trees. And did you say a swamp 
something. A swamp white oak. Actually, you can go on to uh, Ellington Agriculture Center, which is a, a University of Tennessee Extension office, mm-hmm. and you can go on their website, and I believe they act- they actually do have a, a list of native trees. Oh, okay. How do you decide which trees to plant in your yard? Are you trying to figure, like, here's the size I need? Do I want it to drop its leaves? Do Which one does best? How do you kind of start narrowing that down? This is my favorite part, because basically... I can tell you what that tree is going to look like in 10 to 15 years. So depending on where you live, the site location of that tree, definitely whatever you do, because you're investing your time in that tree, which is the hardest part. A certified arborist can tell you what that tree is going to look like and where you should put that in your yard. Whoa. Okay, that's what we have to do. We're working in our backyard, and that's partly why when I saw this story, I thought that is going to be helpful for so many people to be able to figure this out because we just don't know where to start or mm-hmm. what to get, and we want to leave a nice legacy because mm-hmm. I may or may not see that tree to full growth, but yep. I can at least enjoy it while it's growing. Yep. Are there some trees that grow faster than others that might be more interesting to grow that you can see while it's growing and then you know, enjoy it while it's growing or you have to wait 10 to 15? Is that kind of the rule? Well, 10 to 15 is basically, you know, you're always planting a tree for the future generations, right? Uh, most of your fast growing trees, they're normally a fast growing tree for a reason, wow. right? You know, they, they could be an invasive species. But like, like for instance, if you were going to plant a tulip poplar within mm-hmm. five feet of your house, a tulip poplar has the ability to grow 150 feet. Oh, my. So you're not going to want to plant that five feet from your house. You know, you're going to want to maybe plant a yellow wood, right, that only grows six inches a year. And the largest one I've ever seen is maybe 12 inches in diameter. Okay. Yeah. What are invasive trees? Because I know people, uh, there are people I've seen online just from looking as an amateur, mm-hmm. I'll see somebody say, oh, I'm just, I'm going to plant this. And other are like, no, stop. That's an invasive tree. What does that mean? And, and why is it not good to do that? For instance, everybody knows what a pear tree is just yes. because they're about 85% of our storm damage, right? Our Bradford pear trees? Bradford pears. Oh, yes. And so Bradford pears, if you drive down the road and you look at a wood line, you will, I guarantee you, see a wild pear tree. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a that is a sure a sure sign of an invasive. Another oh, one is that like... that means it was not planted there. It has spread. Yep. It's and, invaded. And they, and they grow so fast that they shade out the natural forest floor to where you can't get your oaks and your elms and your hickories and things like that mm-hmm. to actually shoot up because they steal all the sunlight. And they seem to be not as strong. They are not. They're, they're built for fast growing. They're, they're not there to, you know, build a good structure. Mm-hmm. They're, they're there just to, you know, grow as fast as possible and multiply as fast as possible. Is that, was that kind of a planting decision when people were trying to build um, entire neighborhoods? They put the Bradford pears in because they'd grow quickly? Yeah. I mean, Bradford pears, you know, they, they flower. They, they look beautiful. Look, yeah. Right. Um, But, you know, after about 10 years or once they get about 12 inches wide at the base, Mm -hmm. they start to have issues with falling apart. Yeah. Um, And there's not a great way to get around that. You see a lot of companies going around topping them and taking the crowns off. And I mean, that's a that's a major investment in a tree because you got to do that every like three years, every two to three years. Oh, wow. 
If you're just joining us, I'm Anna Marie, and this is Focus, and we're talking about your trees and tree health uh, here in Middle Tennessee. We're talking with Rob Cracker. He's the district manager and a certified arborist with the Davy Tree Expert Company. Now, just right quickly, well, let's detour and tell people what the Davy Tree Company is. We're a, a 100% employee-owned company. We are a nationwide company. So we're a big company, but you don't get much smaller than us. Uh-huh. Um, because each and every single one of those people that are all the way down to, from raking the leaves are part owners of that company. Uh-huh. So anybody who works for Davy Tree after one year can purchase stock in the company. And so uh, I've been with them for 14 years, and they, they basically they, they push to promote from within, and they push for careers. And why is that important? A career nowadays is, is huge. That's how you, you work hard so that you can have a family and you can uh, have a passion for what you do. And you do have a passion for trees? I do. I, I started, I went to college for marketing, and I worked in an arboretum, and I fell in love with climbing trees. Oh, my. And the, I did that for eight years before getting in, into the rep, like as a rep side of the tree industry. And uh-huh. now I've, you know, worked my way up into just basically teaching and running tree, tree offices. Running tree offices? Yeah. Okay. So where do we start to find a certified arborist? You can actually go on to the ISA website. ISA meaning the? International Society of Arboriculture. Okay, arboriculture. Yes. I did not know that word existed, but I'm going to write that down. Yes, yes. It, it, it is a long-winded one. <laughs> <laughs> arboriculture, the ISA website, and you look for a certified arborist. There's actually a link on that website that says find an arborist. Okay. Can you give me an idea... Like if I have 10 trees that mm-hmm. I want to have inspected, mm-hmm. could you give me a ballpark figure? I think sometimes people don't have experts come out and help them or take a look at what they've got going on with their trees because they're fearful. Like what would it, what would it take to have somebody come out and look at 10 trees or something? I mean, I, I do this on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So all you got to do is you, is you find that arborist. Yes. And most arborists will come out free of charge mm-hmm. and they'll take a look at your trees. Um, give you an idea they'll give you an honest opinion. I always tell people I'm a terrible salesman. I just tell you what you need. <laughs> and so there are many sales calls that I go out to. I, I even hate to call them sales calls. That's why I'm just like, hey, just have me out once a year to take a, take a look at your trees, and I'll let you know if something needs to be done. If nothing needs to be done, enjoy them. Yeah. Let them grow a year. So That's yeah. the kind of people that normal folks like me like to do business with. It's like when you take your car to the mechanic if he says you know it really doesn't need it yet Mm -hmm. just you know here you go i went ahead and changed that for free just catch me next time then you always will take your business to them because you know they're in it for the good of the tree the good of the car the good of uh, our humanity overall and i like that so what can we do on our own as far as taking care of our trees and keeping them healthy before we need to call in a specialist what is safe for us to do I would stay off of ladders, and I would stay trying to do work at height. So, you know, pole saws are, you know, the the saws on the end of a stick, right? Most people use that as a way to get as high as you possibly can, but they always end up underneath the limb that's falling out of the tree. Yep, been there, done that. So uh, you you definitely want to... 
prune trees within reason. Because you think when you cut it, you're underneath the tree, you think you cut it, it the limb is going to fall down. But the, the part <laughs> yeah. of the limb that's right next to the tree is the heaviest, so that's what falls down on your head. Yep. <laughs> and you, I, I always get the uh, trees and woods don't have to have to be pruned or trees and woods need don't need any help and it's like well trees in urban environments need to live with us right so you as a homeowner you know instead of letting that tree just keep growing into the side of your house yes keep it pruned away from your house so that you don't end up so that the tree starts to you know uh you know, you prune the, the tree for the future growth. Yes. So then it starts growing away from the house. Yeah. Right. A lot of times it's like, man, you should have had me out five years ago. Mm-hmm. Right. When you could have just pruned, you know, lightly and, and you know. That made whole side would not have started. Yes. Yes. When I first moved into my house about uh, six years ago, coming up on seven years ago, the trees had been o- let to overgrow mm-hmm. really badly. And so I cut and cut and cut and cut and pruned and pruned and pruned. And they have a bunch of those um, holly trees. Yes. Those big giant holly trees with the red berries. Yeah. And they get these runners, these suckers that go up kind of in the middle of the trees. And I just cut those and cut those and cut those. And I ended up with a pile that was about a block long (laughs) and uh, eight feet high in front of my house of just stuff that needed to be pruned. And Mm -hmm. then, but to look back at the house, it was just like... Oh, yep. you could see it's a little beautiful. daylight and everything looked a little more, you know, more healthy and like it was thriving a little bit better. But yep. it did. It took a lot of work just to get it back to normal because they let it go a few years. My brother's a banker and he always gives me a call when he has a green space question. And he's like, Rob, what's the what's the lowest maintenance landscape? And I said, a landscaper. I was like, you know, the, you know, trees are going to grow, shrubs are going to grow. The, we as humans are made to be outside. So enjoy that time while you're pruning your trees. But at at the same time, you know, you want low maintenance. It is something that's growing every single day. Yeah. (laughs) And if it's not, then you're doing a bunch of removals, which is not what you want. Right, right. So... So yeah. that's what we ended up having to do. We got a landscaper to come help us. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, um, okay, so we can do the pruning as high as we can reach. Mm-hmm. And should we get those, I've seen fertilizer sticks that you beat into the ground mm-hmm. and you fertilize the trees or things that you spray. What are some things that we need to be maybe doing? Like I know sometimes we get those worms in the little bags or something that get on some trees yes yes are there things like that that we can do as homeowners that maybe we need to be doing now the biggest thing with chemicals or i'm going to call it plant health care so anytime you're implementing chemicals into you know your even the lawn go all the way down down to that you gotta understand a lot of that stuff i have to hold pesticide licenses and charters and things like that we are spraying a similar product but a homeowner can actually purchase that at like a Home Depot, right? Mm-hmm. So you want to be very careful about reading those labels because proper applying of chemicals is huge. You got to understand, you know, you are applying an insecticide. You are, you are applying a herbicide. You are applying something that is, you know, you, know, you pour Drano down a clogged drain, right? You wouldn't pour Drano on your lawn and walk around with flip-flops, Right. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, uh, you got to make sure that you're reading that label and you're applying properly. Because it's it's to kill something. <laughs> it is to kill something. 
And so what are some of the mistakes that we might make? You want to keep it off of your skin. I mean, you got to think your your skin is permeable. So uh, anything that uh, is a systemic or something that is going to, you know, you spray on that tent caterpillar or you spray on that bagworm, all right? If it's killing that, you're not going to want your skin, your legs, you know, your, 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 you know, you don't want your son to run through that tree or climb the tree after you spray it, right? Right. So you just want to be really careful with that stuff. Okay. What about fertilizers? Fertilizing a, a tree is a, a good idea. I'm not crazy about the spikes just because you got to understand a tree's root system is underneath the entire canopy of that tree. Okay. I'm going to call it the drip line. All right. So wherever that tree drips water is basically where that main root system is actually feeding. So as far out as the farthest branch drips water down to the ground, that's yep. where the roots go. So putting a couple of fertilizer spikes really is how much is that actually feeding the tree? Okay. You see what I'm saying? Really, you're you're supposed to like inject that underneath the soil surface. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're putting something that is, you know, just a couple of spikes around, you're really not going to be able to feed that tree in the way it needs to be fed. We're talking with a certified arborist today, Rob Cracker, district manager and certified arborist with the Davy Tree Expert Company. So what would you do? Miracle grow type things, things that you dissolve and spray and soak into the ground if you're trying to fertilize trees and bushes and shrubs and plants and things? I would say Tender love and care is the best. So, you know, mulching. Mulch is a great natural way for, you know, that is a a natural product that breaks down and provides nutrients to the tree. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can water. You can um, definitely walk around and break up that soil surface and then maybe incorporate some type of fertilizer into that ground. Mm -hmm. Um, How we fertilize is we use this product called Arbor Green Pro that is actually injected into the soil surface. So, you know, you got to think grass roots are only two inches below the surface. So they're sucking up a lot of nutrients. So if you don't get them past that grass layer, most of your grass is actually sucking up that nutrients before it gets to the tree roots. Oh, wow. Okay. What about mulch? What kinds of mulch? Are there mulches that are best? Because I know just this year I've started using some of it's pine straw, I guess it is, mm-hmm. right? And I like the looks of that around some of my plants, but is that good for the trees? You got to think. Think of the woods, all right? When you walk in the woods, it's really squishy, all right? And woods have leaves, they have sticks, and they have just regular dirt material runoff, right? Mm-hmm. And so you want something to get as close to that as possible, which is probably like a hardwood mulch. All right. Um, a lot of people like to use like pine bark or pine straw. Mm-hmm. But the reason why they use it is because it lasts so long. Right. So it's not actually breaking down. Oh, All right? right. So but I'm not going to say that it's bad because it actually still holds that moisture into the ground. OK. So uh, I totally get the aesthetics yeah. of pine straw and actually pine straw kind of an, adheres to like hillsides and you don't get as much runoff. But uh but also what might be better even underneath it if you're going to do it would be just a hardwood mulch. A hardwood yep. mulch. Something that's going to break down. You want to be careful sometimes. You'll get those like bags of mulch that are like really cheap. Yeah. Right. And so what they're doing a lot with pallets nowadays is they're grinding up these pallets. Right. Mm-hmm. And 
they're dyeing that into mulch, oh. which is not necessarily the greatest. What kind mulch of wood product. is that? Normally pine. So it's not hardwood. Yeah, for hardwood. What is hardwood mulch? Hardwood mulch is normally uh, any type of hardwood tree, like ash or oak or elm. Actually, hackberry is considered a hardwood as well. But uh, it, it, it's a hardwood mulch. So look for that specifically. Yep. And what about the mulches that are dyed a certain color? Does that matter? Dyeing is, is not a big issue. Okay. Yeah, they, they're, most dyes that I've ran into are pretty safe. Is it okay to put plants near a tree or underneath the tree? Does that uh, draw from the tree's strength or anything? Plants are perfectly fine. You got to understand that most tree roots are 12 inches below the surface. Oh. So the uh, you know the the hostas, the pachysandra, the you know uh, if you're going to plant something underneath the tree, it is a, a canopy, so it's going to need to be a shade loving mm-hmm. you know plant. So most shade loving plants actually are natural underneath the tree. Okay, because you might find it that way in the in the forest. Yep. What are other pests that we need to make sure and look out for either this time of year or later in the year that maybe we can start to prepare for now? I, I get a lot of questions about uh, the woolly hackberry aphid. A lot of people, they spend a lot of money on pressure washing decks and driveways and cars about the sticky substance that's on the on the trees. Mm-hmm. And actually, a lot of hackberries get cut down because of this. Oh, wow. What it is, is it's a little insect that looks like a snowflake. And it is feeding on the hackberry and going to the bathroom. And that is actually what that's, it's called honeydew. And that is where you're getting that sticky substance. It has nothing to do with the tree. And you can treat for that because you can actually treat for the insect. You don't always necessarily need to cut down that perfectly good hackberry tree. Oh, you could treat it for the aphids. Yep. So the aphid, so when an aphid goes to the bathroom, it's called honeydew? It's called honeydew. That kills the, me. Uh, <laughs> yes. So the, yeah. Somebody loved animals and loved insects when they called it that. Why it's the little aphids honeydew? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what else do you think that you would like for people to know about trees? As a certified arborist, mm-hmm. as someone who's has a passion for trees, because, for example, you said that hackberry, that poor hackberry did not have to die. <laughs> yeah. What else would you like us to know that we just, we don't even know to ask about? The biggest thing is with with a tree, just keep in mind that trees are time. And we are here for a, an extended period of time, and we don't really know how long that is, right? Mm-hmm. So I look at a tree for a certain window of that tree's time. And hopefully we are taking care of it for our next generation. So not only do we need to take care of these older trees, but we also need to make sure that these medium age trees are are growing well. And then at the same time, we need to make sure that we're planting new trees for the future. What kind of trees do you have in your yard? The the larger the variety, the better. So I have shagbark hickories, I have overcup oaks, I have scarlet oaks, I have bold cypress, I have elm trees. I have, uh, I even have some pear trees. I'm letting them live for until they teach me a lesson of storm damage. And the Bartlett they, pears? Yes, <laughs> yes. So I won't cut them down until it teaches me a lesson and then it comes down. What about mulberries and fruit trees here in Tennessee? Is that a good thing? Mulberries are great for birds. I, I wouldn't necessarily want a mulberry over a driveway. Uh, but yes, the uh, mulberry trees are great. They, you know, a lot of animals eat mulberries. 
uh, raccoons, possums, mm-hmm. you know, they, they all love those. Oh, over driveways because the birds will be in the yes. trees eating and, the mulberries. And your, and your driveway will be purple or red. It'll have sweet little <laughs> yes. bird honeydew on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, that's it for today. That was Rob Cracker, District Manager and Certified Arborist with the Davy Tree Expert Company. If you want to get in touch with him, shall we give them your email? Sure. Rob.cracker, K-R-A-K-E-R at Davey.com. Rob.cracker at Davey.com. We'll also post that on our Focus Facebook page along with some more links as well. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Make sure you join us again next week. I'm Anna Marie, and that's Focus.